It's Season 2, Episode 1 of Rambling Ambos. As always, the opinions and ideas of those on the show are their own. They do not reflect any service or organisation they may be associated with. Coming up on today's episode... We cross live to our man on the ground in the UK. Billy gives us an insight into how COVID is affecting life as a paramedic on the front line. In the debrief, it's to sternum rub or not to sternum rub. Are they considered assault and should they be banned? And to kick off the clinical corner for the new year, we lay bare our mistakes in a very raw cases review session. Keep up to date with all our episodes by liking us on Facebook or Instagram. But all this and much more is coming up right now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to a brand new season of Rambling Ambos. My name is Carl and joining me as always is the G-Banger, <laughs> Genevieve. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hi. And on my right, Lee. Oh, I don't know. I get yeah. a cool nickname. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Jen's, Jen's been here the longest. She, yeah. yeah, fine. I'm an OG. Season two, episode Guys, one. Exactly. Season two, um, we're doing things a little bit different this year. We're uh, aiming to have a special guest on each episode mm. um, to talk about some uh, different areas of um, ambulancing life and perhaps not even not so ambulancing life. Oh. A few interesting guests lined up. I yeah. think this will be a really exciting season. Yeah. But guys, how was your Christmas? Uh, it was good. Was I it made no. Well, oh. I mean, there was only four of us anyway. But I made a batch of margaritas and took them to the park and played Finska. So oh. Margie and Finska. Yeah, mine was good. Uh, had a little break. I've, I was on annual leave, which was nice. So oh, rub yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah. And it was low key, which I I'm all about. Mm. I'm all well, about. um, you guys gave me that advice to you know stop at different stations on Christmas Day to yeah. to get all the Christmas did food. You? Well, I did one better. In fact, um. Uh, I was working near where my partner and his mum went, so the the in-laws, and yeah, um, and you know stopped in there for the full lunch. It was um, his mum's friend's house, mm-hmm. so she had some of her family there too. We were under numbers um, when we arrived. Yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, under yeah, numbers. under numbers, yeah. and um, you know she had her gra- her parents there too. So it was a whole mix of ages, right? So um, we came in about halfway through the lunch, got some good old leftover. Um, pav and, and lamb. Oh, nice. It was delicious. I love nice. a pav. Um, anyway, so yeah, that all went great. We were there for about an hour and then we got a job and, and headed off. Um, That's pretty good, like an hour on Christmas Day. Yes, yeah. but mm. the next day, come into work. My um my work partner, my crewmate's off sick. I'm like, no. oh, hey, uh, hey, where are you today? And he's like, oh, sorry, mate, just had to, um, yeah, I had a bit of a sore throat, just gone off to get a COVID swab. <laughs> Did the right thing. Yeah. But now I'm sweating ducks thinking, mm. oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to find somewhere new to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he is positive, I have just infected. A whole family. <laughs> a whole family. Yeah. You know, I haven't even told his mum yet, so if she listens, this is the first time she hears. So, um. But lucky, it's a false alarm, it so was nothing to worry about. Nothing but negative. transparency but, from you. Oh, there was 24 hours where I was... Um, <laughs> Weeks later. <laughs> yeah, where I was sweating. Um, but yeah, no, look, all good there. All good there. Nice one. But um, guys, look, we're going to kick things off like we always do with a caller statement. Mm. And um, I've got two here today. I've got two here. The first one, um, paramedics were tasked to an urgent job for a three-year-old male. No, <laughs> male? Three-year-old male. Um, the caller statement uh, was crying. Per caller, baby started crying after looking at the iPad. 
looking at the iPad or having the iPad taken away from them? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I was th- going to ask if it was like on selfie mode because I cry when I oh, see that. Well, yes. Oh, yeah, when you're lying down and it, yeah. you accidentally <laughs> open, open an app and it's, it's staring back at you. <laughs> your 17 shins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah, clearly the mother neglected to say that. Maybe a bit too embarrassed to say exactly what mm, happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, do they, do, like, do, in this situation, that's where I wonder, like, do they call every time the baby cries over anything? Wow. Well, listen, I don't know because what one of our exclusions for leaving someone at home is parental concern. Mm, yeah. This is correct. So do we have to transport that yeah. patient? Well, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I obviously don't have kids. I was the youngest of my family, so I haven't had that much experience with babies. But mm. um, look, if that thing's crying, <laughs> that thing, <laughs> it's it's crook. Yeah, <laughs> there's just, something just going hold on. it at arm's length <laughs> and run to the ambulance. Um, look, the next one here: paramedics were called to a five-year-old male. You know, staying on the uh, young person theme here. Yeah. Um, call a statement reading: clipping baby's nails and cut finger bleeding. Oh, I mean, a five-year-old's not really a baby, but do you know? I'm going to drop her in it. My lovely wife. Oh, mm. God. First time my child bled. Oh. <laughs> Accidentally <laughs> clipped the tip off, off his finger. Oh, no. <laughs> is, that, is that hard? Did you did you shed a tear or did she shed a tear? You both did. No, the baby shed a tear. Oh. Yeah. Um, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a great mum. She's you, a great uh, mum. But she, uh, you know, like. You, you know what? I've heard of some funny like parent stories like that. Like I've been to a lady who went to give the EpiPen to a kid and classic had it the wrong way around and got it through her thumb instead. <laughs> oh, good. So now the, now she's, her thumb is dying from adrenaline extravasation. <laughs> And the kid has no <laughs> adrenaline diaphragmatophylaxis. <laughs> so, well, I think what's worse is when you clip your um your dog's nails too much. Yeah, I think that's more uh, traumatizing yeah. because the poor f- they don't even cry. But I think Carl, they just whimper. And yeah. coming from two people who don't have children, yeah, <laughs> and, and this have dogs, and I don't have a dog, yeah. and I've got children. You'd never understand, Lee. You'd mm. never understand the pain. All five of his poor little paws. Oh, Did you just clip all five too short? Well, it wasn't me. It was my brother the other day, actually. I was oh, like, Ugh. they're little toe beans. That, oh. but I didn't. PCA is listening. I didn't realize they. Um, if you don't cut them, the nerve or whatever is inside grows with it as well. Oh, so it's really quite long. Stop yeah. It. Have really? you guys seen that picture of unesthetic things? Mm. And it's a, a two. <laughs> it's a tooth being clipped by a nail clipper. Oh, it's what? a tooth being. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like it's a like, human. It's, yeah. It's obviously like. Doctored, but oh. it's a it's oh. like a it's a nail clipper that's cutting a tooth, <laughs> oh. and it's oh so it oh, just makes me feel so awful inside. You know what, Lee? Oh. I have a feeling you spend too much time on the internet <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> is this a TikTok thing you found? Hey, listen, oh. it I'm is. A lurker. It is. It's not a TikTok Get thing. I'm p- gonna find it and make mm. you guys uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, and it's gonna be on TikTok, and that's really what makes me uncomfortable. Carl will post it to our <laughs> socials. <laughs> there uh, you go. You've been held accountable. All right. You well, guys. <laughs> No, I don't. Uh, well, could we create a rambling Ambo's TikTok? I don't know. Lee, we'll have to a get you onto that. Yeah, that's yeah. Lee's. I'm a serial domain. lurker. I don't post. You're mm, like okay. okay. Speaking of memes, you're like that. The like the guy hiding behind the fiddle leaf fig with the like really big eyes. Yeah. It's like the guy <laughs> the, in the group chat that watches I'm, but never replies. Or I'm the Simpsons character. I'm Homer going back into, into the, the bushes. Head. <laughs> 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 oh, we just right. turn into a meme page. That's it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I've I've created one. I put one up the other day. Actually, I did see yeah. that. Did you see that? That I was funny. Quite funny. The popcorn eating one. Yeah. It took me about three days to come up with it <laughs> <laughs> comedic genius right anyway here. anyway look let's move things right along uh it's time to be joined by our special guest uh billy who's been in paramedica in the uk for the last 12 months and gosh he has got some interesting stories he joins us on the line now billy hello hey guys, how are you? yeah really good thanks mate how are you 
Yeah, not too bad. Just rolled out of bed, so a little bit tired, but good to go. <laughs> yeah, the time difference isn't ideal for these kind of things. But mm. look, really appreciate you coming on the show. And um, Billy, we just kind of want to know what are the conditions uh, in the UK for you like right now? It's pretty busy, mm. as I'm sure you've heard. Mm. It seems to be chockers from, from the get-go right up until you finish. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's so dark all the time, so every day is just as grim as the next, pretty much. Yeah, like um, long yeah. long days, right? I mean, long nights. It gets dark really oh, early over there in short yeah, days, yeah, long yeah. nights? It's still dark outside right now. Yeah. It's nearly 8 o'clock. Bizarre. All right, man. Um, now, you've only been uh, a paramedic for 12 months. How? What's the difference like sp- uh, between when you started and to where you are now? Has there been much change? Uh, what do you mean in terms of like my confidence or um, terms I of- guess in terms of your workload and, you know, the, the number of, of COVID cases that you're going to and, and yeah, how busy is it for you at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's pretty busy now. It's, it's probably on par with how busy it was when we had our first wave. Right. I think I, I, I got out on road and just stepped straight into it. I think about, I had about two weeks of normality and then Jeez. everything just kicked wow. off back in March. Um, and then we had a big lull in it all over summertime over here and everyone got back into their normal routine. And then I suppose in the last month or so, it's just all sparked again. Okay. So in that lull, how many jobs were you doing a day? Oh, we're still doing about seven or eight jobs a day. Okay. Depends how, how hard you want to work. You know, you can make your breaks work for you and stuff like that. But, um, if, if you're, if you're working a normal day, it's about six to eight jobs. Yeah. Mm. So Billy... I'm interested in knowing like how you feel day to day going out on the road, getting up, pulling your uniform on and getting out there. Is there much of a sense of um, risk to you at, you know, when you're out on the road, do you feel that? Do your colleagues feel that from what we can see over here happening around the world, we've gotten off lighter than other places. I'm not sure what your daily rate of infection is over there, but is it something that you're concerned that you're going to get potentially? Yeah, so, I mean, we had about 37,000 people test positive yesterday and about 600 people died. Oh, my God. Um, and I think, I think when it, that first wave came in, there was a huge element of concern from everyone, um, particularly people who were at more at risk, mm. went off-road. They were doing non-patient-facing roles yeah. from home to protect themselves. But I think they've all gotten so used to the risk and almost everyone's already had it. Mm. Yeah, is that a thing? Like, have you had a lot of paramedics gotten COVID and recovered? Like, what's what's the rate of infection of of, of the the paramedics? Oh, I wouldn't be sure on a statistic or anything, but mm. all of my friends and really? everyone I work wow. with is either off sick at the moment or they've had it. My whole house. I got three other paramedics living with me. Jeez, right. how have you not gotten it? Well, I think I already have because we went off sick for the last two weeks yeah. over New Year's. We were all quarantining because two of us had it. And then uh, me and my partner didn't test positive, which means we kind of think that we must have had it last year. Oh, wow. Gotcha. How yeah, interesting. Right. Do you think that there's at all a sense of complacency amongst healthcare workers in terms of um, your PPE and things? Is it sort of, or is it this mentality of, oh, well, you know, you've had it, I've had it, well, whatever, what's the big deal? Is What, what do you think about that? Uh to be honest, it changes from person to person. Mm. Myself, I'm not really concerned about it since I, I think I've already had it. Yeah. Um, definitely follow all the rules because otherwise it's just so annoying. Um, we'll get sent home for two weeks to yeah. quarantine uh, yeah. until we test. Yeah. 
Uh, what is your um, PPE situation like over there at the moment? What sort of, you know, I know for us in Australia, any hint of like a, a cough, cold, you know, sore throat, headache, we're all in um, the full-length gowns, masks, gloves, like mm. P2 glo- masks. <sighs> Must be nice, mate. Well, <laughs> Must be very nice. Well, what's it like for you? Well, when, when it first kicked off, um, every patient that was COVID positive, the ambulance would be sent to be deep cleaned mm-hmm. at a facility and we'd be in the same full full gown, the hood and the mask and goggles and gloves. And now we just put a surgical mask on and an apron and um, right. send us out. Again, uh, is that due to like, sort of complacency or is that because you've got low stock of PPE? Um, I think it's just resources. I don't think they can take an ambulance off-road every time there's a COVID positive person because then... Literally every job every day is COVID, so, at least three or four times a day. Would you be gowning up if you're doing any like aerosol generating procedures, like any nebulizers or things like that, or are they just um, not a, a no-go zone at the moment? We had um, we had that rule for nebulization a while ago that it was an aerosol generating procedure, and then they took it off the list, so we definitely don't do it for that. Ah. Um, we do it for... Uh, any cardiac arrest. Anytime you have to manage an airway, yeah, you have to gown and goggles. Yeah, and so all. that's pretty similar to us. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, a little bit less clinical, I guess. My question is: so you sound like you're an Aussie, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. <laughs> so you've clearly moved over for the job, I'm assuming. And the travel. And the travel. And the travel. Yeah, well, on, that How's that going, mate? I guess what I was going to ask is, you know, I, you've kind of come over pretty much right at the start of this pandemic that just doesn't seem to end at the moment. How does it feel for you being a relative newcomer in the country and, you know, in terms of getting to know the area, getting to know people? Like, what's it like for you outside of work? Yeah, it's a good question. It's been pretty limiting um, for, for social interaction and things like that. Tends to leave you stuck quite in a in a work bubble. Mm. Um, there's the only people you really mix with, uh, which isn't a problem because everyone's great. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I think if you, Aussies make up about a quarter of the ambulance service yeah, over I've here. Heard. It's amazing. So, um, uh, wh- where most, most people would say that the travel is the attractive part of, of coming over here mm. and yeah. moving to the UK. And since we haven't been able to do that, mm. we've all been pretty stuck and itching just to get away. We had a trip booked to the Canary Islands a few weeks ago. That got um cancelled the night before. Oh, devastating! Yeah, it was such a shame. We we're all so devastated about it. I guess as an added to that, like, did you have family members or friends back home that, when this all started, were kind of encouraging you to to come back home? And did you ever think about coming back to Australia? Yeah, so I'm I'm I've moved here with my long term partner, who's not an ambo, and so employment opportunities for her have all kind of shrunk up. Yeah, so we definitely like reassess every basically every few weeks whether or not we're still in the right position or if we need to come home and things like that and mum was quite concerned to start with but um if we went home i don't know i wouldn't be able to do this job back home straight away take me a while to get it sorted and we're okay here and it's still fun we're still in another country and Mm. is it something that's available to you as a australian citizen going home or of the limits on travelers home from other countries sort of put a stop to your plans of being able to get back uh it's difficult to get home as far as i know i haven't 
gone to the effort to look yeah, into how we'd actually do it, but I don't think there are many flights for a while. Mm. Um, yeah. I think I, I thought that, I thought it was difficult to get back here. If we came home to visit, I thought it was then difficult to get um, a flight out of the country and be allowed to leave, but that might have changed. Um, sure. Billy, focusing more on the patients over there that are presenting with COVID at the moment, um, because really, I guess we just haven't had all that many here. So we're a bit naive to it uh, compared to, to you guys and, and the people over in America. But um, has anything changed for you guys in terms of what thresholds do patients need to meet to be able to be transported to hospital? Like um, if someone who's, you know, coughing, sore throat, better, you know, uh, how low do their SATs have to be? um to to be transported to hospital and and are you leaving a lot more people at home now we we definitely were uh with our first wave we had a huge change to all the rules for the criteria for who stays at home and who goes do you guys use the news two sepsis screening tool no what's no. That? just like a list of different um different parameters for, for your observations and, and you get a point for each one depending on your score normally it's around five or so that we transport to hospital but we were leaving people at home with a score of seven so they're actually quite unwell what would that look like in terms of like their saturations respirate heart rate oh the saturations would would, would be definitely less than 93 percent heart the tachycardic you know um temperature above 38 respirate at over 30 and we're leaving them at home yeah, right wow and are they a lot of the time really elderly people are they people that you think, you know what, we can't take you to hospital, there's probably a chance that you could pass away at home? Uh, yeah, there, there was even cases of, of ambulances being turned around at hospital during the first oh. wave, the doctors saying that there's not going to be a bed for them because they're going to die. Yeah. That must be tough on the, the mental health of of the service, you know, yeah, trying you to especially. do what you can for the patients but then just not being able to from a resource perspective. Yeah, it's it's a good point. It's probably one of the more upsetting things is, is, is um, taking people away from home, knowing that they're unwell enough to die, yeah. and uh, and sort of you know trying without saying it too obviously, but making sure all the family members say goodbye before you drive yeah. off. Yeah, gosh. And and you're doing that by yourself. Do you have someone you know more experienced that you're working with to kind of guide you through this, or who are you teamed up with at the moment? Uh, I work with a firefighter at the moment, actually. Oh, <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. How does that situation come about? So because we were so stretched and we were so busy, they, um, the fire brigade offered up a number of its firefighters, so they just drive the ambulance and it frees up another paramedic to work in another truck. Wow. wow. Gosh, so really then it's, it's you're you, learning this as you go then pretty much. Oh, I'd almost say making it up so I go, oh, yeah. mate. Yeah. Um, game think, face, game face. I think we've all used that term before. Uh, Billy, yeah. like just steering away from COVID, I guess, for a sec, um, what, once you're finished or once you, you're fully qualified, which which I take it you aren't necessarily just at the minute, is that correct? Yeah, it'll be another year until I graduate from the newly qualified paramedic program, yeah. Yeah, so once you've finished that process, what level of care can you provide? Um, give us some context in terms of like an Australian example. Can you do things like decompress? Can you intubate? Can you put into intraosseous needles? Like what sort of level are we talking? And what would you RPL as back in Australia? 
So there wouldn't actually be any change to my scope of practice once I become fully qualified. It's just um, whether or not I have to refer people on to services if I'm leaving them at home or I can just leave them at home and do nothing. Mm. In terms of um, skill levers, at the moment I can do intraosseous. Um, we can do needle cricothyroidomies. Um, we can do external jugular cannulation, um, chest decompression. As a, and that's as a trainee, essentially, with someone who's so non-ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. me with my firefighter. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, that's just so foreign to us, that isn't is it? As amazing. in Australia, like, that's at their advanced level, their yeah. intensive care level. Have skills. you had to do any? Yeah, I've put heaps of IOs in. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting to do an EJV, but it's kind of a last resort kind of thing. <laughs> See, we're the opposite <laughs> yeah. here. We're like EJVs and then, and then all, we've, you know, IOs are, are, are few and far between. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yep. Um, look, just quickly back to the, um, the, the COVID patients. Um, when they're calling and they're quite sick, what do they present typically like? Uh, are they quite confused? Uh, like someone who's critically unwell with sepsis, is it uh, with um, COVID? Is it like a, a sepsis looking patient, a septic looking patient or? They, they can be the, the, the typical thing, we call them happy hypoxic. So they'll like, just be sitting yeah. on the couch, quite happy to talk to you. They might be resting a bit quick, but you just put a SATS probe on their finger. Their SATS are like 60 or something like that. Wow. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Better than unhappy hypoxic. Yeah, guess, true. Right? <laughs> happy <Yeah>. hypoxic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Oh, look, um, Billy, thanks so much for, for coming on, mate, and, and giving us an insight into what it's like in the UK. It's completely different um, to here. We actually had an outbreak uh, not too long ago. We had 60 cases um, in the northern beaches of New South Wales, uh, which was, yeah, was um, big time. quite frightening. Shut mm. the whole country down. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the like the one, I think it was the UK strain of COVID oh, yes, in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big yeah, stuff here, it's mate. a different world, but mate, hats off to you. It sounds like you're doing incredible work. So, um, um, one other question though, we got to ask you for your favourite emergency driving song um, that you might be driving to all these happy hypoxics. Um, <laughs> I do tend to put on "Rhythm Is a Dancer" by a Snap. Amazing! Uh, don't it. know it. Like it. Yes, I, you do, no, Lee. Do I? I know you do. Oh, is it one of those ones your... where I know, but like I don't know the Rhythm name of? Yeah, you heard it. You oh. know. Is that that one? Yeah, it's a tune. Awesome. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, all the best to you and all your colleagues over in the UK. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Billy. See ya. Jeez, how crazy is that? Mm. I mean, doing all those things with a firefighter. (laughs) Love a good firefighter. Oh, they're worth their weight, but not going to be much help decompressing someone, (laughs) are they? I saw a meme. Online saying, "Why is my Lucas device talking to me in his picture?" <laughs> <of life?" laughs> uh, that one, but um, maybe that's a meme. We don't endorse single-person CPR. Mm. Wait, what? We don't endorse single-person CPR. Well, like well, ongoing going two after two oh, minutes. Right. Well, please yeah. be clearer. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right, well, look, guys, let's move along into the debrief. Um, let's play the music. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, what we're talking about today is to sternum rub or not to sternum rub, guys? Funny mm. that you asked this question because I have is a it? very timely example which mm. relates back into one of our episodes from last season, Lee, about uh, everything you were talking about, ketamine and pre-oxygenation. Oh. Ooh, my favourite. Mm. 
Mm, so um, in 25 words or less, uh, I'm just trying to condense it, but we basically had a um, rock climber who injured his arm quite significantly from falling from um, from bouldering. Oh, okay. And so essentially pain relief wasn't cutting it. Um, yeah. So we gave uh, methoxy morphine, wasn't cutting it. Mm. Um, and so ketamine was the, the, the next best bet. But we were in a location where we weren't exactly right next to our car, but we weren't too far away. Okay. Right? So we're kind of like close enough that you can run back and get some stuff. Yep. But uh, far away enough for that to be mildly inconvenient. Yeah, okay. So the things that we brought in hindsight were perhaps not enough. So mm. basically, long story short, this patient re- received some ketamine, mm-hmm. um, 20, 20 milligrams of ketamine, and it, it wasn't sufficient. So he mm. then received another 20 milligrams IV? of ketamine. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Then received another 20 milligrams of ketamine. And um, this patient became completely apneic. Oh. Like... Like sats oh, of forty, yeah. okay. Blue lips. Oh, sats of forty. That's not our Yeah, yeah. Is and this, this is this is over the period of only only about thirty seconds, and mm. it was escalated um, amongst us paramedics who were there. So there was the recognition that perhaps he wasn't breathing, and then there was some attempt at rousing him, and then there was a jaw thrust, and then there was the mightiest sternum rub that I have ever seen. Wow. Mm. And it worked a charm. So okay. this patient then woke up and oh. literally was like. Yeah. <gasps> And took a breath oh, okay. and then came to and kind of was looking at us and engaging again. But mm. let me tell you, mm. that was quite a sphincter clenching 30 seconds of my life. Mm. But the sternum rub, sphincter like, I'm <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think it bit needs of to AF, be. Bit of anal flutter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the sternum rub doesn't need to be so rough that you're causing bleeding. But I think, yeah. I think, I still think there's a time and a place for it. Well, I had a student the other day um, and I was like, we need to. There was an intoxicated patient, drug-affected patient on the side of the road that we were called to. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you know, check for, a, check for a response. And he's, you know, doing a, a little squeeze and it's just not doing anything. I'm like, just do a sternal rub. And he's like, oh, we were told not in uni not to do a sternal yeah, rub I think it is on the, the side new, of the road. It is the new teaching though, like yeah. not to do sternal rubs. And I think it's, ba- it's assault or something. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's like, I think it does cause... Hematomas, mm. you know, can in the very old and frail. I was going to say, particularly in old yeah. patients, it can cause yeah. sternal fractures. You know, it depends how vigorous you're rubbing. And there are other other other, other options, right? Mm. Like you can do a trap squeeze, or you can like nail bed. Or They're just not the same. Yeah, nothing super quite beats orbital. the old. Is, did you ever do that one? You can't mm-hmm. punch the people in the eyes. <laughs> well, okay. I, I was doing a little bit of research for this, and apparently, the the super orbital. Oh yeah, push. Oof. Yeah, just to just to explain that, just for the listeners at home, oh, Carl was just right. pushing be, his thumb, super being like up, pushing his thumb yeah. up just underneath his eyebrow against the the bony structure there. I don't mm. find that that painful. I'm oh, just well, let me try it. Hang on. Yeah, listen. No, it's got to be like in your eye, like yeah, in the like, eye bit. Yeah. Well, I feel as though that's more detrimental to a patient than a sternal rub. <laughs> and I think <laughs> what happens also if you gouge a bit too deep. <laughs> Or if you've got those really long nails, you know, or from the... Uh, between the two of you, you're just trying to work, no, that's the wrong spot. No, try it here. What no, happens if you get working? someone with a glass mm. eye? Oh. Imagine if you no, popped well, it's, it out. It's, it's more, you're not pushing on the eyeball, you're pushing on the, like, below the eyebrow. This is eyebrow. what I mean, is that you and I, Carl, if we were at a patient, we'd be standing here <laughs> having this yeah. conversation yeah. instead of actually Push treating the patient. Yeah. Everyone knows the sternal <laughs> rub. It's interesting, though, that's like, oh, I haven't seen it that often where the sternal rub is used as a... A treatment option. It's always like a diagnostic. It's try yeah. and find the GCS, right? Or try yeah. and you oh like, yeah, you sorry. Like you, you, d- you diagnose someone's level of consciousness with painful stimuli. Yeah, to use it as a treatment option to get well, someone to breathe using, again. Well, it worked. Yeah, so. like it, it got it got him to breathe again. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, was it that, or was it just coincidentally he was? I mean, I wonder. So I actually looked this up, and in the literature, from what I could find, because everyone's like, ketamine's the safest drug ever, and like I Mm. appreciate that it is safe. But in Mm. the literature, it says something about there's not heaps on it, but 
that says if you give it as a fast push IV, mm-hmm. it can cause transient apnea. Okay, question for you a little bit. Of, well, it's on the same topic, but mm-hmm. how would you, what would you do to mitigate that risk next Pre-oxygenation. Oh, my boy. As we discussed on a previous uh, chat. Yeah. Yes. And what else? Yeah. What else? What else oh, would you do? No, no, no. Pre-oxygenation is great. Oh, that's all you need but to do. Like but also, but also just prepare for that, yeah. posi- that situation in which it's going to go pear-shaped. Yeah, like can't if just you just say prepare. That's too bloody... <laughs> no, but like I guess if you broad. now now knowing, then think about bringing a BVM. Like, a, like they don't really need oxygen; they need to breathe. Mm. There's no issue they with need, the gas exchange. They need ventilation. Yeah, right. Uh, not necessarily oxygen. I thought that was the good thing about ketamine that it doesn't cause respiratory. Di- so it's this period of apnea. Is yeah, that? yeah, so it can. Yeah. So that's it. And if you actually look it up on MIMS, mm. one of the adverse effects or side effects is respiratory depression. Uh, tell me, Jen, how much uh, opioid opiate? had this patient had prior to ketamine? 15 milligrams. So do you oh. think that had a factor? Well, morphine. possibly. I yeah. think there's multiple things that have, have had a factor here. But morphine doesn't just cause apnea episodes. No, no, it? it's but just it like causes respiratory yeah, depression. Yeah. And, okay. and synergistically, those two work quite quite well. well. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting yeah, I don't know. job. We were, all, we were all kind of surprised by it, and I think we all really learnt a lot from it. Mm. So it was really interesting, but... Yeah, no, yeah, sternum rub all the way. Well, when I was, I did, I, I had a look at um online at some, you know, to sternum rub or not to sternum rub, mm. just to get some ideas. And there was this picture of a person who had, uh, they had to be transferred to a tertiary hospital because the person who sternum rubbed them oh, <laughs> no. the previous hospital had like pretty much open <laughs> fractured ribs. Yeah, not yeah. that, but like open these the skin. massive like hematomas, oh. but like, oh, it looked nasty. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. To sternum rub or not to sternum rub. Yeah, was that were they dressed up as Shakespeare when you found that when you found that meme like to be or not to be to be? That's oh. a really yeah I don't know, niche dad joke. joke. Yeah, yeah. nice, oh, great one. Lee. <laughs> he says laughing at his own. Yeah, <laughs> it's classy. All right, guys. Well, look, we'll be right back after this with the clinical corner where we'll talk uh, a little bit more educationally. <laughs> <laughs> Me English speaker, yeah. Carl. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Welcome back to the Clinical Corner. It's Cases Review Day uh, today, but with a twist. So you know how we normally do a case review session. We go through a recent job or a job that we've done a long time ago and mm-hmm. we you know, dissect it. Well, today is going to be cases that we've done where we've made mistakes. <gasps> mm-hmm. Us? Mistakes? Yeah. <laughs> well, Genevieve has yeah. never made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, it's G-Banger, thanks. Oh, G-Banger, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Jen's mom, no, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> anywho. Going to make another um, joke, but I won't. These mistakes, um, I don't think we talk about our mistakes often enough. Um, no, in you're this absolutely job, right, Carl. You know? um, mm. Honestly, I think people, we sail through because we, we, we don't have to. We only work with one other person when the mistake's made. And um, yeah, they got to... I think that the, the, we come from a pretty like punitive industry like whereas mm. when you make a mistake it can be life-threatening and you can mm. get in trouble for it and you can like mm. it, it's scary to admit admit fault but at the end of the day everyone makes mistakes yeah and modeling fallibility can be the best part of being a leader yeah right? like that modeling fallibility modeling fallibility yeah yeah that's yeah, good words mm. um well look I'll, I'll kick us off um and this is a job that i did recently um so we're called to a 68 year old male uh feeling light-headed and dizzy. Mm. 
So it's a, a non-urgent um, job. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we, we get there and uh, he's sitting on the couch and he's, uh, he just feels unwell for the past hour. He said he was out gardening. He then he uh, became lightheaded, uh, dizzy, and then has sat down and has consistently felt like that for the last hour. Yep. He said he smoked um, some THC earlier that day and um, is a regular smoker, but, you know, was kind of the, the partner was kind of suggesting, oh, maybe it's that. So mm-hmm. kind of sidetracking yep. us already. How old is this guy, sorry? Um, what did I say? 60. 60. you said, I think. No, no, sorry, younger than that. 58, 58. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, but he's sitting on the couch. He looks grey. He looks, he's diaphoretic. Um, what are your What are your thoughts so far? What, what What's your first point of call? Grey, diaphoretic, mm. 58, male, mm. overweight? No. Yeah. Fit. I'm still thinking like cardiac. Yeah, mm. okay. All right, People so are generally grave. For, yeah, yeah, that's a denies strong. any chest pain. Um, denies any pain anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so vital signs wise, um, respirate of uh, sixteen. That good old classic chestnut sixteen. Um, Sats ninety seven. Uh, blood pressure seventy on forty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a heart rate of sixty palpated mm. initially, mm. Um, and a. A febrile and, and sugars are okay. Mm-hmm. My first thought is 60, pacemaker. Anyway, sorry, continue. Oh, it's like first, 61, 62. My yep. first thought, 60, the blood pressure of 70, he's beta blocked. Okay. Um, I'll move forward. The heart rate um, changes between 60 and 40 when we put the monitor on. Okay. Um, so the associated bradycardia is in um, conjunction with his lightheadedness. So it, yeah. it, it, it increases. Um He's sitting on the couch. What, w- what would you be doing? Lie him, him on down. the ground. <laughs> Why is that the first thing that you think of? Oh, I just want to increase his uh, preload. Ooh. Starling's law. Mm. I love Starling's that. Whereas law. I'm like, I don't know, now that I work as a single responder, I'm like, my hands are full, so I need you to lie down so mm. that I don't have a fall on my hands and okay. it's only me. Well, look. You didn't do that. I didn't lie him down. <laughs> stood him up. <laughs> didn't, I didn't stand him up. But um, anyway, so... Hypotensive and intermittent episodes of bradycardia. I'm like, okay, let's call for some. Um, let's call for some backup. Yep. Uh, let's get some intensive care yep. um, backup. And um, so, and I, I asked my partner, can you go out and sort some extrication out? Mm-hmm. So whilst he goes out to get the stretcher, um, the patient becomes unresponsive with me, Ba-bow. slumps over, and um, yeah, with me. And um, I get the I ask the patient's wife. Do you mind just going to get my partner and telling him to come back um, uh, mm. post-haste? With haste. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, still yet to lie him down. Oh, Carl. But, up guys, can I, can I just say, I, look, what I did manage to do was get some pads out and put some pads on him. Good. Yep. In well, a sitting you know. up position because I thought, all right, he's going to. He's going to arrest. <laughs> oh, this sounds terrible he, now. This <laughs> is a really bad idea talking about When he mistakes. arrests and you shock him, you don't want him to be startled by the fact that he's suddenly lying down. <laughs> when, look, by the time my partner got back, I managed to have the pads applied. Yeah. Um, what did your was, partner say? Uh, look, that, that, look, to be honest, it, it happened very quickly. Were you working with a fiery? No, no, I was not working with. Were you working with a trainee? Uh, yeah, I was. I yeah, was. so they're like, "Oh my god, Carl, you're so great and forward well, thinking." Look, the game face was there. I, they yeah. it looked like I knew exactly what was yeah, going absolutely. on. Um, yeah, but but look, yeah, put the pads on. Anyway, 
gave a good sternum rub. Mm. Oh, there you go. Back he came. Yep. See? But with the, I, I guess, and and look, you know what? The intensive care crew arrived and he's still sitting up with his pads on. Yeah. In my mind, okay, this is the weird thing. In my mind, I was like, I need to lie him down. Mm. But I was like, oh, we'll just see how things go. And it was a stupid decision. And I know it was... You know what, Carl? Don't beat yourself up too much because mm. a I have also done that. I I'm one of those people that like I just don't trust the symptoms of my patients. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> this is so cynical. You're like, oh, you're bunging this syncope on. I'm <laughs> seventy on forty. <laughs> No, I did set. Have had like been to. I think this was like a Christmas lunch, like two or three years ago. And there's like there's a man sitting in the like little metal chair outside at the dining table, and someone's holding his legs in the air whilst mm. he's still sitting on the chair. Very and flexible. I was like, <laughs> and this guy's like eighty. And then I'm like, all right, all right, okay. And they're like, oh, he just went really pale and sweaty, and so we lifted his legs up. I was like, all right, well, you can just put his legs down and let's mm. just have a look at him. Cue like thirty seconds later, he's like, oh. <laughs> head drop. Put those chin. legs back up. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, look, in that time though, we managed before he had that syncope on while seating. We managed to pop a line in. We we're giving fluids, so he'd already had, you know, over 300, 400 mils of mm. of, yeah. of Hartman just sitting mm. in his feet. Mm. <laughs> well, mate, just, <laughs> just sitting in his. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but anyway, look, but heart rate of forty. Can, he's still in can, his deltoid. We can laugh. And well, the interesting thing is though. His heart rate came back up into the 80s and was consistently 80 for the duration of the trip. So Blood pressure it. came right back up. Nice. So we fixed him without having to lie him down. <laughs> but, yes, it was wrong. Why I didn't lie him down? Well, yeah, like what was it a human factor thing? Was it just I like think, you overloaded? I think I, you, I don't – well, I'm going to be I with you I think it's a little this. bit like Jen where mm. well, it's not cynical mm. of, of the patient's symptoms, but it was like, okay um, – we're giving fluids now. Um, we're, we're we've got pads on if if you know things really do deteriorate. Mm. Um, and and look, we talked about it in the debrief as well. It was the first thing I said. Look, guys, yeah, I really stuffed up on that job. I just didn't lie the patient down. Do you know what it is though, as well? I think, and because I've had similar experiences, is that you also are so quick to think about your pharmacological interventions, mm. right? And you go, I can do IV access and I can do fluids. Mm. And that's even, and I'll, I'll put this on airway and stuff as well. Mm. So you've got someone who might be unconscious and straight away you, you're trying to stuff around with the airway and stuff. Sometimes a recovery position is really helpful whilst yeah, you get your basics, bearings. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sometimes lying a patient down is super useful mm. while you get your bearings. Like yeah. there's a few things, like it's just super basic stuff. But yeah. I think that... Um, like myself coming from uni and I remember I distinct like I've improved on this but mm. something I distinctly remember is kind of going oh you know I have to put an IV in and I have to do this and it's because it's a skill that I have yeah mm. and it's like just mm. bring it back back to the simple stuff and that's where you you kind of cover your bases yeah mm. but look you know I learned a lot from that job totally. I certainly won't be doing that uh, again I hope and pray yes um but it, yeah. it's you know what and, and the funny thing was I'd been going along for the last you know a few months thinking oh you know what I, I like I was being, I've been feeling pretty confident mm. um, and and this has just been a massive, you know, kick in the guts. Yep. Um, but it's actually, in a weird way, it's been refreshing because no, it it's, is it's good. Yeah. I think that it, like, yeah, we kind of cruise along mm. and we think we've done really well by mm. our patients because most of the mm. time that we do, but it is actually really refreshing to have something that you go, Oh my God. And it was, I yeah. maybe wasn't at the top of my game. And, and such this a basic is good for one me. too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Lee, I hope yours is just as bad. <laughs> no, this is pretty, pretty like yeah. And again, this is modelling fallibility. Oh, like we're, we're you know, 
We're going to be yeah. honest. Open yeah. disclosure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was pretty junior in a single response. Oh, here the we time. go. <laughs> <laughs> what? Many years ago. This was <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was, I was No, no. It was early in my single responding oh, okay. sort of okay. career. Okay. Okay. Yep. So yep. like, not a lot of experience by myself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Called to um, uh, early eighties uh, gentleman at a cemetery. So we a hot was day. Was he in the grave? <laughs> he wasn't in the grave. No. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor old digger was. Visiting oh, someone who oh. had passed away. Yep. Mm. Um, he had fallen. He'd mm. fallen and he had fallen forwards. He had some grazing on his elbows, his knees, and the smallest graze on his nose. Mm. Like right on the tip of his nose. Mm. Um, what do you think? It's like pretty typical elderly fallen. Yep. Standard. Mechanical fall, no longer yep. on the ground. We uh, think mechanical fall, response. like tripped over mm. a, uh, like a curb. Mm. Okay. Um, responding inappropriately the entire time, but eighty. Um, like, what's your major concern here? Blood thinners, head injury. Yeah, mm. yeah, right. So, blood thinners head is exactly where my mind went, mm. and I did that check. He was uh, he wasn't on blood thinners. Mm. He didn't have any significant head wound. Literally, just a graze on the nose. Like he had sort of rolled okay. on it actually like when he was trying to roll onto his back or something. Yeah. I um, the next thing I did was palpate the back of his neck. Mm. He had no pain. Mm. Mm. So after a while, typical single response sort of thing. How like we wait for backup yeah. quite yeah. a long time sometimes, um, and we're in a cemetery, middle of summer, tarmac, Ugh. lying there, eighty, someone holding an umbrella over him, which is obviously like the least less than a desirable. Mm. Yeah. So I vital signs all good. Yeah. So like uh, all within normal range. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he just sort of like he just could tell that he wanted to get up. He was yeah. an old fella mm. who was like super stoic. stoic. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is ridiculous that I'm on the ground. Get me up. And so I listened to him. I got him mm. up. Mm. Helped him up. Then I sort of started to think, I need to probably 80. I can't leave him here. Mm. He can't really drive himself home. He's got these bangs on him. I'll, ta- I'll run him up to hospital. Mm. I took him up to hospital. And on the way, he started to say, oh, neck's a bit sore. Mm. So where do you think my mind went then? Well, firstly, Colour I can't believe you stood him up. I just think that's should lie supine. You know, throw him in the back of the ute. Yeah, just wait, be patient. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, um, developed a bit of neck pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. C spine. Yeah, so yeah. like I'm palpating as I'm driving. <laughs> like, is, that, is it like I said? I asked him, "Is it sore where where I pressed before?" He's like, "Yeah, At yeah, kind of is. <laughs> kind of is sore where I pressed before. Where you pressed before?" I was like, "Oh, great." Mm. Got him into hospital. Um, Walked him in. No, oh. no. Fortunately, I did get like the host. The, 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 I, I think. What did I do? Wheelchair? wheelchair or yeah, would not really sure. Wouldn't it? Didn't walk yeah, in. Fair. Okay. No, no. Look. I didn't think much more of it because he had such little pain there, like a bit yeah. of pain, but such little pain. Mm. Went back that later that day, or maybe it was a couple of days later. Mm. The triage nurse who took him in, she said, oh, "I remember that patient you've got." <sighs> what happens yeah. when you hear that? Mm. Like yeah. Your heart sinks. You're yeah. like, because oh, no. they're just waiting for you to walk in too. Yeah. They're waiting all day. Oh, remember that patient that you had <laughs> to see you? Yeah, C two fracture. <gasps> really? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Poor old bloke had a C two fracture. Like, fortunately, non deficits. Yeah. No deficits. Um, I mean, he was guarding his. I, I don't know. Like a lot of the research sort of suggests that that's not going to yeah. be a huge yeah. problem post injury anyway. But yeah. I felt so bad that yeah. I hadn't. Just taking the time to perhaps put him on a spine board, get him into a shaded area, wait for an ambulance. He could have been yeah. flat on his back. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know. Maybe maybe I sympathise with this a little bit with you, Lee. Like I think that you, there's sometimes there's only so much that you can do and if yeah. at the time he didn't have the C-spine pain, like I think I would do the same thing. Yeah, I mean there was probably a part of me that was a bit rushed. Like I'm in a hot environment. Like yeah. you, you, how many times do you go to these things and there's nothing wrong with a patient? 95 yeah. times yeah. out of 100. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one pops up and you've been a bit hasty. Yeah. Popped him in the front seat because you think I can really help by getting this patient to hospital. Yeah. I can take the yeah. burden off the ambulance service. Yeah. Blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. You're C2. trying to do the right thing. Yeah, C two fracture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. I don't know. I reported it up the chain. I said this is what's happened, and nothing nothing adverse happened. So nothing mm. came of it. But yeah. like a lesson for me to be less hasty. Mm. Just you know, back to basics again. Yeah. It's an interesting that um, we uh, like just quickly had a paid that um, you know had an, a, a seizure inside the pool from a um, a head injury. Yeah. Um, but was when he uh, got out of the water, you know, family and friends helped him out. They laid him flat, but he was um, overcompensating. He's right. like level of um, mm. alertness in yeah, a way. Right. You know, when they know that they're a bit um, fizzy in the mind. Yeah. But they sometimes overcompensate to to prove that they know what's going on yeah, when right. they're a little bit con- have you ever had that before no, i've not seen that uh, it, it happens in it like no oh, there's a term for it in um elderly people who have okay a, a dementia but anyway the, the interesting thing was um like you, you palpate the neck and um he says yeah no everything's fine everything's fine right but he's only saying that because he, he wants it to be fine. yes he wants mm. you to think it's fine yes yeah and then yeah. later on in hospital Oh no! Yeah, it's hey, at um, least you took him, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we laid him <laughs> flat and did all the precautions mm. anyway, just in yeah, case. Yeah. But you can easily be caught out yeah, in those definitely. situations. Yeah, you know? it was so good learning for me. Yeah, mm. Jen? you know what? Though I like thinking about that in a way. We had a patient recently that was an elderly lady who fell backwards um, uh, from the top of four stairs back mm. onto tiles, mm-hmm. um, and and she was complaining and feeling nauseous. Um, and I was working on a on a double crew this day. And instantly we're sort of going, oh, she's on thinners, she's mm-hmm. um, elderly and, and it's probably a bleed, but she's reasonably alert. Yeah. But that's our initial thinking. But we were looking at the extrication. Oh, my God. This is like yeah. one of the ones with the spiral <laughs> staircase. Oh. And me and my oh. partner, and it was it was pretty chockers on the radio, and me and my partner are going, she's feeling really nauseous, she's quite hypertensive. And we're like, you know what? We're going to put her on the chair and get her out mm. and then lie her flat because it's mm. just to wait here – for however long yeah, is like detrimental, detrimental to her, to her, yeah. to mm. her, and then she decreased her GCS, mm. had three vomits. Did like you get the easy IO out and drill, drill some mm. holes in the side no. of it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't wow! That. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> release no, some of that pressure. is a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> we don't endorse that. But she ended up having a, like a midline shift with a yeah. bleed, but wow. that was right. at like three a.m. in the morning after. So I mean, regardless, the outcome was poor. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to bend the rules a little bit. Yeah. Well, can I know? just say, Jen, thank you for coming to the table because we we're going into this <laughs> segment with Jen not having a case study Mate, where she's made a mistake on. I so make so <laughs> many mistakes, it's not even funny. You what know have what I we done? do? We scrub them from our memory. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, someone asks you that question, so I've never made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Open up yeah. that vault. Exactly. Oh, by the way, just disclaimer the guy that I had was completely fine. But so was know. mine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's still alive. He's like 105 <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in the meantime, what did uh, I reference last season? The the woman with APO salbutamol? Fine now. Yeah. Uh, oh, good. This other lady, yeah. not so fine now. Mm. Another mistake I've made, pointing a gun at my face. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know? don't do that. Multiples. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have heard about some of so, so oh, that. So I don't really think I need another whole case study for today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, look, guys, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, the season opener. Um, Billy, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, He's left us his, um, his driving song, which is Rhythm is a Dancer by Snap. 
Uh, so we'll get that on for him. And um, guys, our next episode, we're speaking to those who handle the departed. <gasps> Are we yeah. talking about like a... Like Crossing a, over kind of thing? Yeah, like yeah. a... What are they called? Psychics? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. perhaps. We'll have to wait and see. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but until then, guys, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Stay safe and see you next time. Bye. Bye.